Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasar and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 On Monday, July 10th, President Joe Biden and King Charles III met for the first time since the British monarch's coronation creating a momentous occasion filled with royal grandeur. President Biden paid a visit to Windsor Castle, where he was greeted by an honor guard formed by the Prince of Wales Company of the Welsh Guards, positioned on the grassy quadrangle before a tent. Hundreds of uniformed troops and their military band played God Save the King upon the monarch's arrival and the star-spangled banner when President Biden entered. This meeting marked Biden's second visit to Windsor Castle since assuming office. Previously, he met Queen Elizabeth II, King Charles' mother, at her residence just outside London in June 2021. Throughout her reign, the Queen had encountered 12 U.S. presidents with the exception of President Lyndon Johnson. During their encounter, the Queen expressed her curiosity about Russian President Vladimir Putin, whom Biden was scheduled to meet in Switzerland shortly after their meeting, as well as Chinese President Xi Jinping. Biden wished he could have engaged in a longer conversation with the Queen and acknowledged her kindness. This highly anticipated meeting with King Charles III was closely observed as it shed light on how the King balances his traditionally non-political role with his passionate commitment to addressing climate change, which has become a prominent priority for him. Biden has referred to climate change as, quote, the existential threat to human existence as we know it. The interaction between the two leaders also garnered attention. At one point, Biden placed his hand on King Charles' back, a gesture described by a royal source who spoke to CNN as a, quote, wonderful symbol of warmth and affection. The source denied that the president's actions breached protocol, emphasizing that initiating physical contact with the monarch is generally not customary in the United Kingdom. His Majesty the King is entirely comfortable with that kind of contact, they said and what a wonderful symbol of warmth and affection it was between both individuals and their nations. They further clarified that contrary to certain reports, such contact indeed adhered to the correct protocol. Number 2 The first independent statistical analysis of Russia's war casualties in Ukraine reveals that nearly 50,000 Russian men have lost their lives. This revelation achieved through collaboration between independent Russian media outlets along with the data scientists from Germany's university unveils a closely guarded secret held by Moscow regarding the true human cost of its invasion of Ukraine. Using the concept of excess mortality, a statistical approach popularized during the COVID-19 pandemic, the analysis relied on Russian government data, inheritance records, and official mortality data. By comparing the number of men under the age of 50 who died between February 2022 and May 2023 with the expected number of deaths, they estimated the excess mortality rate. Neither Moscow nor Kiev has been forthcoming with, the time, with timely data on military losses, with both sides seeking to downplay their own casualties while amplifying those of the other side. The Russian government has officially acknowledged the deaths of only slightly over 6,000 soldiers. Reports on military losses have faced suppression in Russian media, and activists and independent journalists who document the casualties are subjected to harassment and potential legal consequences. Despite these challenges, the Russian media outlet, the BBC's Russian service, and a network of volunteers have utilized social media posts and photographs of cemeteries across Russia to construct a database of verified war deaths. 
As of July 7th, they have identified 27,423 deceased Russian soldiers. To come up with a more comprehensive tally, journalists from the Russian media outlets obtained records of inheritance cases filed with Russian authorities, containing information about more than 11 million individuals who passed away between 2014 and May 2023. Their analysis revealed that 25,000 more inheritance cases were opened in 2022 for males aged 15 to 49 than anticipated. By May 27, 2023, this number of excess cases have surged to 47,000. This surge aligns with a May estimate from the White House, which suggests that over 20,000 Russians have been killed in Ukraine since December. However, it is lower than the intelligence assessments from the United States and the United Kingdom, which indicated higher overall Russian casualties. In February, the UK Ministry of Defense stated that approximately 40,000 to 60,000 Russians were likely killed in the war. A leaked assessment from the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency suggested that between 35,000 and 43,000 Russians died in action during the first year of the conflict. And according to undisclosed reports, five days after the failed mutiny led by Yevgeny Prigozhev of the Wagner Group, Vladimir Putin, contrary to his promise to punish Prigozhev, held a clandestine meeting with him. The meeting took place on June 29th in the Kremlin and lasted for three hours involving nearly 30 individuals, including Prigozhin and commanders from the Wagner unit. The purpose of the meeting, according to the Kremlin, was for Putin to personally hear the reasons behind the group's rebellion that occurred five days prior. Dmitry Peskov, Putin's spokesperson, stated that Putin listened to the explanations provided by the Wagner commanders and offered them alternative options for employment and combat opportunities. Flight tracking data from Flight Radar 24 revealed that Prigozhin's private jet flew from St. Petersburg to an airport near Moscow on June 29th and returned to St. Petersburg the following day. Interestingly, Putin had a notably light public schedule on the day of the meeting. His sole official engagement was a speech at a strategy forum held in the Russian capital. Number 3. In response to the indictment of six individuals accused of illegally channeling public funds to his campaign, New York City Mayor Eric Adams team issued a statement. Similarly, when the New York Times reported that a wallet-sized photo he frequently displayed was doctored, a written response was provided. However, on Monday, July 10th, the mayor himself addressed the matters. Speaking to reporters, Mayor Adams expressed confidence in his actions, stating, quote, I sleep well. I'm consistent. Everyone must follow the rules. He emphasized his expectation that campaign finance laws be upheld. While he criticized news media for its lack of positive coverage, Mayor Adams' tone was more measured compared to his remarks at the Christian Culture Center on Sunday the day before. He also discussed his relationship with the late officer Robert Van Abel, but did not directly deny the manipulation of the wallet-sized photo. Although the mayor was not implicated in the case involving supporters who allegedly used straw donors to obtain public matching funds for his mayoral campaign, he acknowledged his acquaintances with one of the indicted individuals from their time in the NYPD, Dwayne Montgomery. Regarding Montgomery's visit to City Hall, Mayor Adams clarified that Montgomery had not been there, but mentioned seeing him at the Black History Month reception at Grace Mansion. When asked about Vital Brooklyn, a construction project allegedly presented to him by other defendants, Mayor Adams mentioned the possibility of it being mentioned during his tenure, but expressed limited knowledge of it. During a press conference where he announced a federal lawsuit against four vaping manufacturers, the mayor appeared less patient when questioned about the New York Times story regarding the photo he carries of Officer Robert Van Abel. Mayor Adams noted that people who approached him were not shaken in their faith by the story, 
but rather expressed surprise at the lack of an apology from the New York Times. To the Venable family and colleagues, while City Hall stated that the Times raised doubts about Mayor Adams' friendship with Venable, neither Adams nor his aides directly refuted the manipulation of the photo to make it appear weathered. Mayor Adams believed an apology was owed to the family. On Monday, July 10th, Mayor Adams displayed his less defiance than he had at the Christian Culturist Center on Sunday the day before, when he criticized the portrayal of ineptness and incompetence. Nevertheless, he continued to criticize the news media for its failure to highlight his accomplishments and question whether the goalposts would stop shifting. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.